0: You're listening to the Rob Review podcast. Evan Rob and Laura Rob share their thoughts and opinions on teaching, learning, and leadership. And now, the Rob Review podcast with Evan and Laura.
1: This is Evan Rob and I am joined today with Laura Rob. This is the Rob Review podcast. Welcome, Laura.
0: Oh, I'm happy to be here. This is one of my favorite topics
1: but let's let our audience know what the topic is, because it's certainly one that interests me very much also. We're going to talk about homework um, and how homework can and cannot make sense. But to begin with, whenever we do a podcast, you always ask me to tell a story about my fabulous experiences when I was in school, and I'm being very facetious about that. So I can remember when I was in seventh grade, part of our homework assignment was to write a journal every night. And the journal was not based off of anything other than length. So The first assignment was a half a page journal, but the teacher would proclaim that the big assignment is coming and that's the one that's going to really test you and it's about two months away. And, you know, I'd sit there and think, wow, what is that assignment going to be? And that was the three page journal. Three pages with no criterion whatsoever. You just had to write three pages and that made it a effective homework assignment from the teacher's perspective uh, and also a way to earn full credit for the assignment for me, the student, even though my writing was horrible. But if you listen to my other podcasts, it was probably a B. Um, So Laura, let's talk a little bit about homework and I wanna hear some of your perspectives on it and uh, I'll certainly share some of mine.
0: Well, for me, homework should not be doing 50 addition problems um, at night or 50 multiplication problems. And it definitely should not be copying definitions out of a book into the student's notebook, that's plagiarism. That shows no learning. It doesn't even show that the student understands that information enough to put it in his or her own, own words. OK,
1: you're, you're laying out some really big ones here. Let me unpack that a little bit. Let's talk about those math problems first. So 50 problems doesn't make sense to me either. I think that's all along the mindset that if there, are, if there is an assignment for math problems, It should be used to practice the skills that were practiced and learned in the class. And then the more important question is, how many problems need to be in place for the practice to be effective? Is there something magical about 50? Or is there something magical about me writing my three-page journal when I was in seventh grade? You and I both know the answer to that. Absolutely not. Is is there something that makes sense to copy definitions out of a book and put it into a notebook uh, for a homework assignment? How does that... Well, I guess what I would say, if that is repeating the practice that was learned in the classroom, then I think there's a bigger issue than the homework assignment.
0: Absolutely, Evan. Um, I think also I can tell a classic story of my grandson who got 50, I think, multiplication uh, problems to do for homework in second grade. And my daughter called me and said that he did not want to do uh, any past 15. He got them all right. He knows his multiple tables inside out. And so I came down and I said to him, you know, I think you're right, but if you, if you go in and you don't finish your homework, there probably will be repercussions. So you have a choice. You can take a stand very nicely and speak to the teacher and explain why you only did 15, but most likely you'll lose your recess. And you know what, Evan? He did lose his re- recess, but he felt good that he was able to explain why he only did 15.
1: Well, that's very interesting and and, and a little sad that you have to acquiesce to um, oddly compliant assignments from an educator. The the other thing that I want to talk about when we think about homework assignments is how they can impact a student's grade. Uh, And I think that's a little beyond the scope of this podcast, but depending on how teachers weight grades within their classroom, homework could count a lot. Um, And I would encourage, just in a a general statement, I would encourage teachers, I would encourage administrators to make sure that homework in your building is not counting above an agreed upon threshold. The standard that I like to use in my school is 10%. I shouldn't count more than 10% of a student's grade. But I have seen schools before where it can count 30% or more of a student's grades. And, And the problem with that is. It can disadvantage students who don't have support at home if they need help with their homework, because if homework is not practice, and, and even if it is practice, that is predicated that the student learned the material in the classroom and they were ready to do practice. But if that student doesn't have support at home, they are disadvantaged to be able to do their homework.
0: Well, absolutely. But, you know, if homework is as meaningless as some of the things we talked about, a lot of times the teacher never reads it. So your three pages got an A. Copying from a textbook the child has available into a notebook, if you look over it and you saw the kid copied, it got an A. But you don't know if everything was accurate. We don't know the level of your needs in writing, what you were doing well, areas that you needed work in. It's like saying, if this weighs 15 ounces, it gets an A. If it weighs 10 ounces, it gets a B. Homework is becoming something that is not understood by the child and is only used as a grade, and I think control, (laughs) in a teacher-centered class? Well, I I
1: think that it can be, and I think that it also falls under the umbrella of things that we need to take an honest look at that have existed for a long time, but I don't know that they're worth keeping on. Um, There is not a lot of research that homework has a strong impact on student learning. Um, My recollection is there's more research that it supports at the elementary level, but as students progress through schools, um, less and less, I believe, um, and I don't Not 100% sure on that. But what I would say is that doing things because we've always done them doesn't always make sense.
0: Absolutely, Evan. And, you know, students are in school from 8 o'clock and some until 3.30, 3.45. Some of them are on the bus another 45 minutes until they get home. And they're entitled to a break. They're entitled to study music, art, dance, or be involved in a sport. Giving this homework that absolutely makes no sense because there's no learning taking place needs to be reevaluated and in my mind it needs to stop.
1: You know, and I would say that I, you know, I probably wouldn't be as hard take as hard a stance as that, but what I would say is that it needs to be purposeful if it's going to be be there, and it needs to consider how busy our children are. Your kids are more busy nowadays. Uh, than when I was, than when I was in school. I I see students who are, you know, as you said, involved in athletics or involved in dance or involved in band. They have very, very long days. You know, Laura, earlier in this year, I spent a day and I shouted an eighth grade student. I went back to school as an eighth grader for the day. And it was good. I had a really fun day. But one of the things that, that I found was by the time 3.30 rolled around, I was exhausted. It was a long day. It was taxing. Um, But it was a good day. I had a lot of fun, uh, but it was tiring. And if I thought, wow, I need to go to cross-country practice now that school's over, and then I need to go home and do two or three hours of homework, that is a really long day for a 12- or 13-year-old.
0: Absolutely. For me, when uh, I was teaching full-time, the only homework I gave was 30 minutes a night of reading a self-selected book. Did everyone do it? I'm sure not. But I like to look at the glass half full. And um, I think that we need to look um, at homework and do what you said. Does it extend or does it help the child better understand the learning that happened at school? Homework that is just copying or doing something 50 times over and over again, I'm not sure that that's the way to get mileage out of a child's um, work in a class, the child's ability to think, problem-solve, be innovative. I don't see that happening from that kind of work.
1: You know, it is. A, this is a really exciting topic to to talk on, and we could talk about this for a long, long time, but I think I want to kind of wrap this up and, and give some sort of think-for-us think that we want people to think about as they uh, reflect on homework in their classroom or administrators reflect on homework in their school. And really one of the questions is, is does it make sense? Is what's happening in your building making sense to support learning? Um, is it structured in a way in terms of teacher's grade books that it can adversely impact their performance within the classroom? Um, and, and then bigger questions, you know, which is if a student doesn't do their homework, can they make it up? Or do they have to make it up for 50% credit and does that really make sense? Because As far as I know, every test that I can take as an adult, um, I can redo and I can redo it for full credit. You know, if I fail a driver's test, I can go back and redo it. They don't average my scores. So I I have a little, I have a hard time with the um, uh, almost sanctimonious belief that uh, it can't be redone or it can't be redone for credit.
0: Yes, I see a lot of that in in schools where I'm coaching. uh, And and it's, it, it's because that's the, what happened to those teachers when they were in school. A question I like teachers to ask themselves is, uh, this homework, would I want to sit down for 30 minutes and do it? And if the answer is no, I think you should reevaluate it. Another way of framing that question is, not only would I want to do it, but how is this homework going to help me Uh, understand the content that I'm learning.
1: You know, and I really appreciate that. You're talking about, or you're encouraging people to be reflective practitioners, to really ask themselves some honest questions, you know, is what I'm doing making sense? And realizing that sometimes what we do is based off of what we experienced. And we may have had a very positive experience with it. We may hold it very near and dear, but that does not mean that it's unilaterally good for students in any classroom. And, you know, you, what you just said reminds me of something that you, you said in an earlier podcast, but you remind me about it all the time, um, when I have questions or discussions with you about reading logs and how do you hold students accountable for independent reading. And one of the things that you've always reminded me is uh, when was the last time I read a book that I enjoyed and every chapter I wrote a one or two paragraph summary of the chapter after I read the chapter. I never do that.
0: Right. It's a matter of trust, Evan. And, you know, you I in my heart, I believe if we let kids self-select and we have lots of books for them t- to choose from that are relevant and uh, that they want to read, that eventually they will join that group of readers.
1: So, Laura, here, here's our takeaway for our listening audience. Reflect a little bit on what you're doing. Um, homework is the example today, but we'd encourage you to reflect on everything that you're doing. Ask yourself some honest questions. Do some research on the topic and be willing to change. Do things that make sense and do things that are good for kids. This is Evan Rob for the Rob Review Podcast. And this is Laura Rob. We thank you for listening.
0: We hope you enjoyed the Rob Review Podcast. Check out our blogs at therobreviewblog.com and tell a friend. Thanks again and see you next time.